Hey guys, I got great news for you if you like fantasy sports like I like fantasy sports. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two in case of emergency picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop bet has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. So, for example, will Steph Curry score over or under 25 points? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Guys, do me a favor. Enter promo code LAKERS upon sign-up to have your first deposit match $10 instantly, but it's a minimum $10 deposit. And you can find this on any of the app stores under Thrive Fantasy. How y'all gonna lose Kobe for LeBron? What? And Lonzo Ball? Nah, 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 nah. Step your game up, buddy. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. 24 Black Mamba, yeah, you know that we kill them. Any team stepping up, yeah, you know that we drill them. Roger Josh, Jason, really wanna know your opinion. Uh, welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Please don't come with that nonsense unless you talking that realness. And if you come with that bull, we let the world hear it. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. We really wanna know your opinion. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Right. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. That's right. We really wanna know your opinion. Right. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh uh-huh. please don't come with that nonsense. Please talk realness. For real. Don't talk none of that stuff that they talk about on Sports Center. None of that. Seriously. Talk that realness. For real. Please. Gonna let the world hear it. Jeff, what's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, hold on, let me let me mute the hockey game. I'm going back and forth. Is uh, what's the Golden State score? They're still up big. Seventeen thirty-one, brother. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why I flipped it. There you go. <laughs> I will take I will take a game seven uh, one goal game in the third over that as good a series as that has been I will take that anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh oh. Uh, before we get this stuff started, Jeff, I'm Roger. By the way, one of the co-hosts. Nice to meet you guys. I'm Josh, one of the other co-hosts, and I'm Jason. And I assume you're one of the other co-hosts. Or are you just engineering, or are you just here to hang out? I'm just here to listen, and no, I'm, I'm a co-host. Right. No, no, no <laughs> masturbating during the conversation, but yeah, go, please. I love Too late. Chat. Too late. Oh. Already started. Yeah, save, that for, save, save that for Ireland, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess I'll start this thing off so yeah, we can get this thing rolling. All right, ladies and Nation, we're proud to announce that we have somebody very special tonight on our podcast. Guys, we have Jeff Katz on our podcast. If you don't know who Jeff Katz, Jeff Katz is, you've probably been living under a rock. He's on ESPN regularly. He's a freaking movie producer. He's done movies mm-hmm. like Deadpool. By the way, my favorite fucking movie. Snakes on a... That was a good one. 
And of course, X Men. Jeff, thank you for coming on tonight, brother. That's my pleasure. I technically did not produce Deadpool. I just I cast uh, Ryan Reynolds in the role. That's my claim to fame on that. Oh, but damn it, I still love it. No, that's okay. Right. Yeah, they, I, I, I brought it. I mean, I brought it. The movie does not exist without me. So that is. That's what I was going to say. There you go. That's enough for that. Ryan Reynolds is the best part. Well, it's funny. So I, uh, I'll do a quick little aside. We'll dive into. It. I, you know. We were originally trying to do that movie. I had known Ryan for years back at New Line, and he had worked on Blade 3. Uh, for yeah. Us. And the one option was to do a spinoff of Blade 3 with him and Jessica Biel, and the other was for him to do Deadpool. And he wanted to do Deadpool, and I was the one that introduced him to the character and the whole thing. And when I went to Fox, I was able to get that. Um, the, because I remember how the rights reverted, but they ended up, I think, because of the X-Men rights reverting back to Fox around the same time. I was able to get Ryan to come over and Fox, God bless them, totally screwed the pooch on it originally. <laughs> uh, and it was a total nightmare and ended up, uh, uh, you know, the fact that we were able to sort of save it at a certain level, keep him from jumping off. It's a sort of slight miracle, but uh, it's yeah, craziness, man. It's a strange business, but no, nowhere near as fun as uh, ESPN stuff. I mean, <laughs> that sounds like a lot like the Lakers season right now. Yes, a gigantic clusterfuck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me jump right into that, Jeff, because, I mean, I had a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask you, but all I want to talk about right now, because we've been talking about this fucking head coaching thing back and forth, which I don't even think is relevant, but obviously today it became super relevant. Yes, yeah, that's fair. I mean, because I know we need a, a president. First off, that's my thing. Let's get that right. And then, of course, we get some attractive coaches, but what do I know? I'm just a nobody. But Ty Lue, did we just – what's what, did we just – fuck – are we screwed right now? Or? No, I don't. I, with great respect, I'm, I'm in this weird position where I'm kind of of two minds on it. Um, I took a nap uh, for like 45 <laughs> minutes. I woke up. I checked Twitter, and suddenly all hell was breaking loose. Um, Ty Lue never really excited me. Ty Lue is there to check the LeBron box. Yep. I am sort of mezzo-mezzo on the LeBron of it all, uh, so to speak. And, you know, I'm kind of of the view that, like – with respect to Ty Lue, who, yes, won a championship, I, you know, I, I don't want to denigrate the job that he did, but, like, any of us could have probably at some level coached that team to at least the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. True. We, we would agree. Uh, LeBron, do what you want. Yeah, go, go ahead. Whatever you say, LeBron. Uh, <laughs> I'm reminded there's an old Saturday Night Live skit with Phil Hartman, who would play Frank Sinatra, and they would do a spoof of this old political show called the McLaughlin Group. Mm-hmm. And they did it a couple times. They're pretty funny. Um, but they always had Mike Myers, and I can't remember if it was Jan Hooks or Victoria Jackson, playing Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. And their entire job was whenever Frank Sinatra said something, to go, you tell him, Frank, you <laughs> That's the job. So I'm someone who thinks the Lakers are kind of a feathered fish. And I don't know that you win in that. I do know that you don't win generally in, in that situation. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Ty Lue, with respect, like to his ring, probably uh, I think is misreading the marketplace. And I think the Lakers, at some level, like are right to be. Listen, we're here for you to coach LeBron, and if it goes great, obviously we're going to extend you and pay you more money or whatever. But this expectation that like you're due five a five year deal or whatever, like. The market will tell you what you're worth. Um, it's like Dallas Keuchel in baseball. Like, 
with respect, like I'm all for holding out and saying, no, I'm worth more money than this because I've done it. Okay. I, so I, I respect it, <laughs> but the market also does tell you what you're worth just because free agency was this a couple years ago. Doesn't mean it has to be this today. And I think frankly, in certain ways, in the inverse that ties into the Lakers problem because what they have is the classic blue blood in sports problem of assuming that just because everything used to go our way for decades, everything will always have to continue that way. Uh, that's like Lakers fans that can't accept that the Clippers might be the better run organization when that's pretty clear at this point. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I, it's a, it's a, as I said, it's a clusterfuck quite, quite frankly, that's, I think the technical term. <laughs> but, I, but I'm not like if I were you, I wouldn't lose sleep over losing time. Look, I don't believe you're winning with LeBron. So okay, uh, uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, barring barring like, like there are scenarios that you know could put a couple people on that team, but I just don't see it at the moment. Um, I really don't. I think LeBron's half checked out. Quite frankly, he's on his victory tour. So yes. do you think that like part of the problem with the whole Tyloo thing was you know there's this there's this rumor going around that the Lakers are insisting that he takes certain assistant coaches. Yeah, I saw that. You know, and that's part of why he just turned he he turned them down and said, forget it, I'll go find something else to do. Well, I mean, this is – and I respect that, and that is his right. And, I again, like, I don't begrudge him. The I, I could, If I was in that position, I might tell you to go take a jump off a bridge anyway, right? But at the same time – uh, Tyloo again is specifically being brought in. The Lakers were trying to thread the needle. It didn't yeah. work. Okay, they mm-hmm. wanted to be able to check the LeBron box while also still trying to develop the kids. And this is the problem with the feathered fish of it all. Uh, is you, it, you can't really do that. Uh, uh, and I see. So I was watching PTI earlier, and they were bringing up this point, and it's just quite like LeBron has never been coached. He does not want to be coached. He's not going to start being coached now at the very on the victory no. tour. Nope. That's not like. Do you know an artist like a big rock star? I guess some, but like who at the end of the tour, they're they're on their like retirement tours. Like I'm just going to play all new material. Like oh, no. <laughs> I wrote ten new songs for you tonight. No, they're going to play the greatest hits. And like LeBron is what he is. That you're not teaching the old dog anything new. Um, so I, I think the Lakers. Listen, they will never do it because there's too much money to be made with LeBron on the team and it's too important to the league to have him on the Lakers. Yeah. But I would try to move him. That's what uh, I was just about to ask you. Personally, and I would, because he still has great value. Uh, and I would, right, you have two timelines working right now that are completely uh, incapable of, uh, of working together. And I am in, I think, what is a minority camp that would like to err on the side of the kids, generally speaking. I think that long-term, as, as crazy as it sounds, as great as LeBron has been and is, is when he's healthy. Um, I just given where the West is, where the Lakers are now, I, for me, I just don't see it. And so if you had the chance to go and pull a deal the way that Boston was able to go and move Paul Pearson, who was a Garnett, if I remember correctly, to Brooklyn and fleece a team for the next five years, like Boston's done pretty well off of that deal. There's some idiot team out. Now, again, LeBron does not have a no trade, right? No, no trade. Yeah. Screw him then. Like go go <laughs> like with great respect to LeBron, like that's business, it's business, business. Well, sorry, LeBron is business. You know. Um enjoy Orlando. Uh like go fleece somebody. Yeah. To me, to me, let me ask you a question, guys. All right, what would Danny Ainge do? 
<laughs> I think he would have already traded him last year. Exactly. So Danny Ainge yeah. is looking at this dumpster fire tonight and what went down with Boston getting eliminated. Do any of you think for a second that Danny Ainge – now, first of all, the Irving free agent, but, like, do any of you think for a second that Danny Ainge would have just stood pat? Looking no, at no. This, this, this I mean, honestly, fire? I think that – he would gladly drive him to the airport at this point. Yeah, right. And his teammates, Jalen Rose was saying the other day, his teammates would pack his bags for him. Yeah, exactly. So I I just feel like there is, the and, and, you know, I've got somewhat of a relationship with Jeannie. I know her a little bit. And I think that something that she really prizes, for good or ill, is that sort of family kind of feel that, I, and you know, with love, yeah. I, think, I think you need a little cutthroat at this point. Yep. And I think that Thank you. one one thing when I look at the Clippers, who have you know, I have a lot of respect for, and I think Lakers fans need to wake up and, and respect. Um, you know, we make fun of them on the air and stuff because that's fun of the shtick, and Balmer just makes it very easy. <laughs> but like, you know, Balmer's got. Fuck you, money and yep. he's stupid billions. Uh, billions. He, he's not dumb. He's also he may act like a buffoon. Time he's not dumb. Nope. Uh, yeah. And and he's they, got Jerry West. Yeah. Hello. But even beyond that, <laughs> they, to, they have they have a very the fact that they've been able to move their best players two years in a row, stay relevant, and line uh-huh. themselves up to contend. This man, they're in the playoffs with two rookies starting. Thank you. Yeah. See, look. First, I want to say thank you because – and a big F you to Roger and Jason because when that Ty Lue thing broke, I was like, hell no. Don't do it. We're setting ourselves up for failure. We're going to have a new – if we get Ty Lue, we're going to have a new coach when LeBron leaves. Why are we doing that? Let's just develop. You know, we have to think about post-LeBron because we have LeBron at the end of his career, and LeBron's not going to give us what he gave Ty Lue in Cleveland. Like, that's not LeBron anymore. And I'm in the sports industry, and I know once you get a groin injury like that, it's hard to come back from, especially as you're aging. Like, you know, he, he went has to a lot of finals in a row, man. How many, exactly. how many extra you know, miles is that? Exactly. So we're not we're not going to get we don't have that same LeBron. Like you said, LeBron came out here with an agenda. He started started his show, the shop. He got his kids into the high school that that he wanted to get him into. He had a different agenda. His agenda wasn't basketball anymore. And you could tell that. And he's not going to come here. He's never liked developing players. So he's not going to come come here and develop new players. I told Roger and Jay, I don't want Ty Lue because we're going to end up trading all of our good young players for old veterans. And then if we don't win anything, when LeBron leaves, we have to restart all over. That, yeah, that's exactly right. You'll be set back another another decade. Exactly. And I don't want to do that. I'd rather take a new coach that has no ties to the Lakers and comes in and starts his own regime and starts off fresh. Like, that's what we need. We need a fresh start. I, I, again, to your point, I hire the smartest, best basketball mind you can find. I don't care if he's the GM of a G League team and he's he is – the hidden gem of the century. Find that guy or Does girl, he... whoever the hell it is. I don't know, yeah. trans person. I don't care. Alien. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but see, that's the problem. Like she's listening to Kurt and Linda Rambis right now. And... Well, that's the issue. Is yeah. you, you with love to them? Uh, this is it, look. It's, think it's of a, it's a fucking business. Well, it's not even that though. It's 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 because it's, it's a deeper problem with that. Because if it was a business, I think stuff would get done in a more mercenary way. The problem that you have is that if you can look at the blue bloods in sports across a spectrum, and I'm going to give you, <coughs> excuse me, from my own personal experience, 
growing up where I grew up. And, I, and again, I think of the teams that have done this, whether it was, you know, Notre Dame football, the Cowboys, um, you know, Yan- I Yankees. Mich- Michigan football for me as a Michigan State guy um, for years. And my brother's a Michigan guy, and he would tell you this because he pulls his hair out over it, is there's this thinking that like, well, it's got to be a Michigan man. Right. Oh, and it's got to be someone with ties to think in the good old days, because that's just always how it's been done. And the entire time, like they just they never see Michigan State coming to come start eating their lunch for a decade. And it's it's they could never be a national brand. No, we're the national brand. Well, guess what? And so it, it I think that that philosophy, whether you're the Cowboys, Nebraska football, uh, you know, we can think of these teams. That, and it's give the Celtics credit because it's something with Ainge they've been able to get their heads out of is this idea that just because, you know, we, we are who we are, uh, we've got to do something that reflects the rich history. We've got to do something that uh, sort of uh, uh, maintains the status quo of how we've always done it. I, you know, I'm a big Detroit Red Wings fan. That team went to the playoffs 25 years in a row. And I'm old enough to remember when they were the Dead Wings when I was a kid. And now that they're back in a rebuild. I, I could recognize at the time that like the last five years of that team, they were just trying to keep the playoff streak alive because it was, uh, you know, the deal when they should have just started rebuilding then. And they'd be way, I'd be probably watching them at least in the playoffs this year. <laughs> and so I think the Lakers, they just have to get their heads around this idea that it's 2019 uh, and stop. Um, and this is to, you know, to the point about Ty Lue, stop looking backwards. Um, I get why you went and got LeBron. Everyone gets that. I'm not going to fault you for doing that, but I just think you're at a point where, you know, uh, if I may quote the uh, Tim Burton Batman film, think about the future. And I just don't get the sense that they do that. I think everything is reflexively backwards. And that's part of why the Rambi, if I can steal the Kamenetsky's term, are so powerful. (laughs) I mean, I got an old phrase. Two-headed Rambi. I mean, I got an old phrase in my head. I mean, and I'll, you know, let me just say it out there. WWJD. I don't mean Jesus. I mean Jerry. Yeah. Period. Do you, I mean, you know, Kobe was about to leave. No, he wasn't. Jerry showed up. Bring your ass over here. We're gonna talk. Doctor Bus got things done. You know, we need we need that type of momentum again. Well, by the way, don't forget there was a point where they were even Kobe want to be traded. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my Pistons were part of that conversation. So it it. You know, the reality is that they're just a certain bloodlessness and a certain ruthlessness is required in that job. And I, I don't, it's just, I listen, I never saw, I always knew magic was going to be a dumpster. I always knew that. <laughs> so that was the least surprising news. He did you a favor by getting out of there as fast yep. as he did. Um, uh, you're just in this position now. They're like Rob Palenka's done. You know, who I've, I've known since he was you know playing for the Fab Five when I was a kid. Uh, I've always sort of followed him because I knew you know, remembered him as a player. Uh, you know, you read some of the stories. The Athletic had a thing like apparently he's got a really mixed reputation around the league. Um, I'm not quite sure what you're getting, and so you're, to me, whether it's you know the modern you know, the next Daryl Morey or the guy in Toronto, Jerry in Toronto or whatever, like like go 
I, guys, I sit here and I watch. Um, I've got a neighbor in my building here who's an older Russian gentleman who loves basketball. He watches like a hardcore. He's a huge Clippers fan, in fact. Mm-hmm. And so I was bumping into him today. I said, you've been watching the games or whatever. And we sat and we talked for 15 minutes about Denver and about how much fun it is to watch that team, which is, my again, the fourth youngest team in the league. It really is. Yes. Play the right way steal the Larry Brown phrase. They really do. <laughs> and it's all A, in part by the personnel that they draft and they all play with an unselfish style, but also really because they run their entire offense through the big man there in a way that like it's kind of what's old is new again. It's a little old fashioned, a little modern. And it just it what it should tell you as a Lakers fan, like you should be kind of galled that like you this team in Denver, I don't care if they I think they're gonna probably win that series, but even if they lose that series, like that is in the normal process of becoming a contender and eventually a champion in the NBA. That's a massive step. The fact well, that it's, he's the Spurs already yeah. in seven, it's a massive step. The late, like you should be pissed that you don't have that level of, <laughs> of organizational vision. To no, it's true. Together like that. Cause I don't see it here. Because all the teams that when we were down in the gutter, all the teams that were in the gutter with us, it, you know, six years ago, they've all passed us by and we're still trying to somehow get ourselves out of the gutter again point. it's that threading of the needle it's this idea that we don't we can rebuild on the fly well contending you know that it's very hard to do it doesn't really happen uh, every now and then and i think that there's an arrogance that comes in with that and and that's what that's what bites you um and it's i mean i'm telling you man that denver team they are so damn fun to watch and i i've seen a bit of them over the years because uh, gary harris because being a michigan state guy you, they are, they're hard to not root for. You're, you, you, they are, they're kind of irresistible. I, I like, yep. I'd rather see good passing than anything else. And so that's like a good 90 minute orgasm for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads me to, that leads me to a good question. So I go back and forth with these guys, the finals, who do you see in the finals this year? Well, all right. So I'll, I went to a game up in Oakland uh, about a month, month and a half ago, and I'd never been up there, and I'd always wanted to go see a game. I was lucky enough to get a shot to go up and get tickets. Yeah. Uh, and it was a great atmosphere, really cool, and I'm so glad I got to go do it because it's, it's, it's such an intimate sort of spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, by all accounts, all the players, they, they don't want to leave. None of them want to go to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but as I sat in there and I would talk to both people associated with the league – and just people in the seats where we were, um, there was they were scared, and they were scared of Houston, and it was there were, people were open about it, and really? so I, yeah, that's why I picked Houston to win was because I was kind of like I trust the fan. The year my Pistons went for their three peat, and we, we all just kind of knew the Bulls were going to eventually it was come they were coming right, mm-hmm. uh, and I sort of never really believed, and Isaiah got a little bit banged up or whatever, but like. You, excuse me, you just, you kind of knew, like, the fan base knows. If you're a hardcore fan base, knows. this The year the Lakers played Dallas and got their asses kicked, the uh, fan base knew that fast. Yep. The year the year my Pistons kicked in the gentleman's sweep, the second time we kicked your ass in a final. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. uh, that, frankly, we should have, we, we had, had Bill Lambeer not gotten completely hosed on a call, we should be 3-0 and against you guys. But, um, you know, the, the fan base knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so I, I just I think that Houston and Milwaukee is probably the way, I, which is what a weird final that is. But that'd be such a good matchup. But I like it exactly right. I'm just, I'm ready for new. I'm ready yeah. for a little different. I'm and tired of the, the way, Warriors. Like I'm, I'm tired of, of 
of LeBron and the Warriors in the final every year. Yeah. Well, see, I'm I'm fifty fifty with you on that because I predicted Golden State and Milwaukee. I, by the way, I won't be stunned if Golden State wins. I just it's, yeah, you know. Because I think I think Milwaukee, this would be a beautiful win for them, a beautiful win, and they have a great team to do it, and it's. Ah, I, I I see Golden State if they if they 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 should be worried about that if anybody. I think well, Golden State is, is the just look at the let's say even if they get out of this series mm-hmm. and they'll beat let's say it's Denver they'll mm-hmm. beat Denver but yep. Denver's got young legs man and yep. Denver yeah, they're going to wear them out. Going to be so excited to be there yep. that between these two series that could leave them totally susceptible to Milwaukee coming in and having Giannis just steamroll them. That's my fucking point. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I wouldn't stun me at all. And I'm happy. I'm happy for the Bucks. I mean, the Lakers aren't in it. I lived in Milwaukee for 15 years, so I was there like oh, during great. the Big no, Three I'm, era I'm, when I'm we a had division. I'd, be, I'd love it. I'd be all for it. And by the way, yeah. I'm a believer. So, like, you know, I, I'm I'm a you know I come from the Ric Flair school of to be the man, you got to beat the man. I want to see somebody. I'd like to see. At some level, Golden State get there so that if it is the Bucks as an example, they have a chance to beat the the, the great team and to, to get my crown. Yep. That, listen, I can just say to See, you, and that t- my experience with the Lakers, obviously growing up where I grew up, was hating you guys, right? And so, but, <laughs> yep. but yeah. respect. Same but, here. But, Likewise. But, yeah. Right. And so, to me, there was no team I wanted to beat for a title more than you. Because it meant more by beating the Lakers, and it's so it's it's that same kind of thing. It's it's to go and beat the Golden State Warriors, who have had this incredible run. It takes a certain for us to be able to say, you know, we basically ended the classic Showtime run and the Shaq and Kobe run. Who else can say that? But but you can imagine, as Lakers fans, from my perspective, how much pride comes with it because you know how great. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, and at a certain level, you guys have to kind of grudgingly respect us. So yep. it's like you don't want to see us it's in true. the finals because for whatever reason, we play it tough and we generally add your numbers points. So um, yeah. it's it's that's the best. That's fucking sports. That's what makes it great. And so I'm with you. Like, I, like but generally speaking, the NBA, you usually lose before you win and you get over. You know, you, you my Pistons had to get over on the Celtics. The Bulls had to get over on my Pistons. It's just sort of how this always kind of works. So yep. that's why I get that Houston thing in the back of my head. By the way, what is the score? There's 41 I got seconds. you. 37-52. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I'm sounding like an idiot now, aren't I? I'm, <laughs> so, yes, I'm still there. It's only game five, seconds. though. No, there's 41 seconds left in this game seven. And unless Colorado uh, does something here, I'm joining you back uh, on TNT the, in a minute. <laughs> the thing about, about Golden State is this hard to stop because if those shooters get on it's hard to stop right. like it, you know and that's the hardest thing is like on houston if like i mean besides harden everybody else has to have an on game like you know what i'm saying but like with golden state you got pretty much yeah, three two out of four guys can have a really on game you know what i'm saying well, that was like other, you're, you're so Iguodala, uh, carry them for a bit like, yes they that is they are when they are clicking, they are a basketball machine. Anything unlike anything we've ever seen, right? I mean, they are, they are a truly trend-setting. That, that's why when you look at Denver and the way they pass the ball, um, you can see now. Like what I, what I find so kind of fascinating about them 
is you can see the ball movement that the Warriors have sort of forced the game to require uh, while also having it all operate through a big man in a kind of old school. Like one of my favorite players of all time was Sabonis. Arvidas Sabonis. Arvidas. When he came to the U.S., he was on, you know, he's an old man. He could barely move. He was all injured. But that guy could pass like a motherfucker. And he was the best big man I've ever seen. Damn right, yeah. And so to have a guy who can do that with the athleticism, who can step out here at three, I mean, so I just he was standing at the three point line and dropped I mean, down. Like, this, this is the you're seeing the children of Golden State now, and Giannis, who's his own hybrid kind of you know, the guy who's a, a center's body who carries ball like a point guard. Like it's that's the child of LeBron. You're seeing the children of that era now, and so I'm with you. I'm ready to turn the page. Um, and you know, this is what's fun. And by the way, like your, I should just note because no, your listeners don't pay attention to hockey. Uh, you're four seconds away from San Jose going to the conference finals. Nice. Although I would like oh, to see nice. the St. Louis Blue, either them or San, San Jose, either one of them. I, I like these teams who have been knocking on the door for a while. I don't have a problem seeing them get over the top. Up oh, San Jose won. There we go. And go back to basketball now. So, <laughs> so with, with with us saying that it looks like the Warriors might go on and make it to the finals again. Like, how does that play into everyone's summer plans? Like, where do you see the the, the free agents landing? Are, are, is there going to be, like, a massive overhaul like everyone thinks? Oh, the war, I mean, the Warriors are done, as you know them. After I think everyone in uh, Oakland while I was there was sort of – everyone knows that. Uh, Durant will be gone. Iguodala will be gone. Um, I, I expect Clay will stay there. I expect, you know, it's the Draymond question down the line is what he's, what, how much you pay him. And, you know, he, that's going to be a really interesting sort of debate. Um, but I think that you are going to see the turning of the page. I do fully expect the Knicks to get Durant. I'd be stunned if that doesn't happen. Um, and then, so to me, the real question, I'm, I am someone who is in the camp that if I was Kawhi Leonard, I'd stay in Toronto, yep. uh, uh, which is one of the greatest cities in the world. If anybody, if you have not been, uh, you, yeah, uh, I could live in Toronto. So it's a great, great, <laughs> great city. It, it is as cosmopolitan as you could get. It's a wonderful city. Um, and so, uh, like, the Knicks, those are the two most intriguing teams going into all of this. And that alone should be a testament to what the Clippers have done. That ought to piss you off if you're a Lakers fan. Oh, it does. It does. I mean, and it's, but give them credit. Like, they did that. Yeah, I went to a Clippers game, gosh, about, a, I want to say, two months ago. And it's it's a completely different first time I've ever been. I'm a lifelong. Oh, is that true? Okay, so that's let's see. Uh, just for whatever it's worth, because I came here, they were always the easier ticket to get when I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they um, still are. Right, and I still grew up going. I mean, I still I've been here <laughs> almost twenty years now, going to plenty of them. But I think in total, I've been to more Clippers games than uh, than Lakers, just by virtue of, and including a buddy of mine as a long time season ticket holder with great seats. Uh, and so whenever the Pistons are in, I usually will go to both. Ball. So please, you know, give me because it is a different experience. Oh, Comple- for sure, completely. I mean, I, I mean, I've been to games starting back at the Forum since I was a kid. I've always yeah. been blessed and able to. My mom worked in the car business, so season tickets is something we always got. So yeah, I, so I got lucky enough growing up with that as well. Very fortunate, you know. And I work in the car business now, so do I get, do I get tickets? Oh yeah, and I take both of my brothers. We all go. Um, but you go to a Clippers game, and and I and I hate to say this because I'm a Lakers fan. I mean, I, I that's I, it's all I know. It's a different vibe. It's it's more fun. Um, 
Laker games is, are, is that Laker the fans games are, are more, more into it. Yeah. Well, it's a hardcore crowd. It's I yeah. would equate it to like going to a Kings game. It's a hockey crowd. It's yes. the same nineteen thousand people every game. Uh, that's right. Yeah. It's so and so they all know. To your point, um, what I just went. I went to a Clippers game within the last month. Who the hell? The, oh, Clippers Rockets. I went to. Okay. Uh, uh, about a month, month and a half ago, towards the end of the season, and uh, my buddy, uh, like I said, has been a season ticket holder forever. Has got great seats for the half court, uh, beautiful, you know, sort of setup. And every time I go, you know, it's the same guy. It's the same guys in the section. They all know each other, and they've all moved up their seats over the years. And it's it is a community in a way where a Lakers ticket. I'll give you an example. I went. I took my ex girlfriend and I um, went to a Lakers Pistons game. I think last season. What actually no? Before we moved to New York, so two seasons ago. And you know, like I'm, I always, I'm gonna go in a Pistons. I'm gonna wear, I think I wore an Isaiah or a Rodman jersey or whatever. And if the Pistons are up, they always lose when they're in LA. It drives me crazy because <laughs> um, they're out partying like idiots. Um, but like if they are up, if they're like, I'm gonna cheer. I'm a fan, right? And at the Lakers game, this, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical, but it's sort of like Beverly Hills blonde. You know, this woman with her snapped at me for clapping at the other for the other team, and that in a way of like sports feel like as I like oh you're ruining my enjoyment of the game kind of thing. oh my god uh and that would yeah. never happen in a Clippers game a Clippers game they might say hey fuck you Lambeer exactly yeah thing. but that's fine and it's and so I just think it's a different kind of crowd it is a not a CNBC listen I can remember when I the first Clippers game I ever went to I think Billy Crystal and Penny Marshall were these celebrity? You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's not yeah. a celebrity thing, um, and so it is a different animal. And I just think again, like I come to this from the perspective of being a Michigan State guy and just having lived through this. Um, you know, like it's things change, the world changes, uh, and times change. And if I'm a, like the Lakers, will always be more valuable. The Lakers will always have like the you know. Again, the Knicks, who are shit and have been shit for, you know, <laughs> years, they're the most valuable team in the league, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter how good they're with the worst owner and the other, maybe the guy in Phoenix. That's not me dinging, by the way. So no one blame me on that when you listen to this. Uh, so, but like, so it just shows you that these things sort of don't necessarily add up. And so I just, I, I, again, the Knicks and the Clippers are going to be the two teams to watch. I, I, and the real question, I guess, at some level is Kyrie, but who I think is in some ways the best case scenario for the Lakers. But mm. given what you've just seen, do you, is that what you want? No. Well, well okay. Okay. Look, he played his best with LeBron, right? And then we, yes, and, he did. And, That's and, fair. As and then he, number two. you know, he wanted to go get his own team and that didn't work out like he thought it was because, you know, He's he's not the leader that he thinks he is, but I think as as the sidekick to LeBron, it'd be a great fit. Can I tell you why I have a problem with that? Your logic makes a lot of sense, except for one reason. You know what that one reason is? Kyrie fucking Irving. Well, yeah. Kyrie Irving yeah. Yeah. changes his mind every two seconds. He's happy one day. He's down this way. The Earth is flat. The Earth is round. There's this <laughs> in the soil. Oh, for oh, sure. No, they're not aliens. The aliens are multidimensional, not from other planets. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. He so can't make up his I mind to save his life. Right. And so he's Kyrie Irving is a guy who's going to come and say, I'm ready to sit and support LeBron, da, da, da. And two weeks later, change his mind and say, I want to be the alpha. Yeah. I don't trust it. 
All right, you just saw in Boston. I'm here for life. I don't owe you shit. <laughs> okay? Within like three weeks, that's right. Yeah, right, that's like true. I have whiplash. But I, I mean, to be fair, it is Boston, so I mean, who who yeah. who, who, really, who really wants to stay there? Well, someone who wants to win and have a clear path to the conference finals for the next ten years, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This year, notwithstanding, I mean, come on. Like, I get that it's Boston. It's not Boston's one of my least favorite cities. And Boston and Miami are two cities that generally I just would not want to live in for different reasons. Uh, so, uh, how about this? How about this scenario for you? Okay, yeah. so the Bucks have a full max slot available that no one's talking about. Now, what if Kyrie goes and teams up with Giannis, and they and you know they try to work that into their the new Eastern uh, Conference uh, power again? If I am First of all, you got to see what Milwaukee does this year. My my problem with with Kyrie is simply cultural, and I would worry about just listen, man. You just had a team with Boston with kids that went to a conference should have should have beaten LeBron. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Okay. Um, that with the addition, and I'm going to give Gordon Hayward a semi pass because we've seen that injury usually takes a full season plus to come back from. Yeah, right? true. So I will give him a little bit of a pass on that, although he bears some responsibility. But you add Kyrie, who is a basketball genius. According to him. uh, And, like, they regress. And he's got to bear some responsibility on that because, like, and and did they look like they were having fun together? Did they look like they were enjoying playing with him? It looked miserable Um, the whole time. This game tonight, I mean, I still watching this game, and just from the the body language, two minutes in, they're like, oh, these guys are screwed. (laughs) Um, I just don't know that I necessarily – there are certain players – and listen, the guy hit a championship-winning shot. That's what makes him such a unique, like such a, and then why people will continue to take chances on him. But I don't know, man. He scares the shit out of me, and it's look, well, it's well, I, I was watching the Bucks game, and I was um, texting one of our other brothers that still lives in Wisconsin, and I was telling him, I said, Kyrie, great player, but he's too much Russell Westbrook, like he can. But he doesn't make the people around him great. And he's a point guard. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, so you, it's like, if you're supposed to be leading your team or, you know, you're supposed to be the point guard, like, you've got to be making it. You could tell people didn't, like you said, they didn't want to play with them. When Terry Rozier came into the game, their tempo was up higher. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense, you know? They just, the, the ball flows. It's a different animal, man. I don't know. It's It's... If you're, if you guys are Lakers fans, do you want him on the Lakers? Not really, me personally, no. He's a cancer. See, the the only reason I would want him is because he's Kobe's guy, and I think that 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 can hurt and help at the same time. However, what, what we have now isn't working, and we need another star or another top level player to. But when you can I ask your question, when you say he's Kobe's guy. If Kobe had influence with the Mamba mentality, would th- what just happened have happened? Well, Hell no. I mean, to Hell. be fair, to be fair, we all remember that series against Phoenix where he decided that he whole second half and then lost by 40 points. But I, all, all I'm saying is that, like, if your argument is that, like, well, he's a Kobe guy, that, like, there's – listen, Portland may lose – that series, but I will never not believe that Damian Lillard's not a killer. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He, he won't go down. By the way, McCollum's raised his stock in this series. Oh, underrated. hell yeah. Uh, incredibly underrated. Um, that team's a good little team too, man. They got, they're deep. Uh, uh, and I just, 
I don't see it. In, I feel like Kyrie, you know, I had a bought Bob Shea, who was my boss at New Line and my tra- one of my childhood heroes, had a great saying, and it's one of my philosophies, and I've always believed it. Uh, don't smoke the Hollywood crack pipe. And what he meant by that, and it can apply to a lot of things outside of Hollywood, but in the, in the sense it was, oh man, I'm an exec at the studio. I got a hot girlfriend. I got a convertible. Life's good. Da-da. It's all bullshit. It's all smoke and mirrors. You can be gone tomorrow. Don't let the shit go to your head, right? True. I believe Kyrie has smoked the Hollywood crack pipe. Yeah. yeah. I guess right? when, you know, when you put it that way, you're you're completely right. He's the guy who who he's the guy who says I don't want attention, da da da. But here's my new movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? So, like, so I wouldn't touch him. I personally, if I'm the Lakers, he's the last thing I think. I completely get the instinct. Okay, but, but, but it's like Ty Lue to me. You can't put that. You can't put the band back together. But see, like j- just go, based off how the Lakers have been running their stuff for the last year, it just seems like the perfect Laker move to try and go get him. Oh, it sounds completely appropriate. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't stun me at all. I know I'm with you on that. I think that's completely fair. At this point, I wouldn't be stunned if Byron comes back. Oh, my God. I mean, shit. So I, it is a – the Lakers have to have an existential sort of uh, conversation with themselves about, you know, what are we? And are you – they need to, at a certain level, I think, cut the cord on you – know, the history is great. The history is always going to be there, but – it's a different league now. It's a league where a guy can be in Oklahoma City and make a movie. Yeah. Um, and so I just think, you know, LeBron wanted to be here because LeBron Inc. has to be here. But for the most part, guys don't need to be here. And you've got to – you have to show them you're a top-flight organization at every level. And say what you want, like the Warriors, people made fun of Joe Lacob. Like, they are they, – they, they are particularly by, – by, even with the new arena that the guys don't want to move into, they're going to be, you know, state of the art. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the Lakers, they feel like they're a bit behind the curve. You know what? And uh, also uh, speaking about LeBron coming, I really appreciated the way that you gave it to Brian Windhorst that day on the radio. I was listening to it and I was cracking. <laughs> up. That was my favorite thing I've ever heard on the radio ever. Well, well, you know, listen, we, we aim to entertain. At the very <laughs> like I don't get, I have not, it's nothing. Per, I have zero personal I am not a be a fan of being told I'm full of shit when I know I'm correct. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Who I'm is? naturally going to defend myself in that situation. Oh, but was, I would it, I would break bread and have a drink with him tomorrow very happily. And again, like I'd say, I, I, I would do it again though with a smile. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. And by the way, I knew I was correct. I knew I was right. It, <laughs> Hell yeah, you were. I'm sitting there literally John Ireland the entire time is pointing at himself going, I knew, I knew. <laughs> so if John Ireland knew, you can, I mean, this, this <laughs> listen, this is the point with, with any of this shit, and, and people got to stop taking Twitter so seriously, all this sort of stuff, is like all of these people have sources they're protecting with agendas and da-da-da-da-da, and this is in any business. It's politics, it's entertainment, it's sports. That's how journalism works. That's why people hate the press today. Uh, and so I, you know, I have the great luxury of not giving a shit. And so that will be why I generally can say that stuff. Well, well, Jeff, you know, it's been really great. We really appreciate you giving uh, my pleasure, guys. Wait, wait, wait more than you had to give to us tonight. We, you know, it, it was it was a great time. We really enjoyed it. Now, wait a minute. Really quickly, at halftime of this game, there's a contortionist with a bow and arrow. Are you guys seeing this on Inside the NBA? I want to give credit, by the way, to Charles Barkley, who last night 
told them literally to wrap up a segment so he could see Game Seven of the NHL playoffs. Because I love, I love all. You know, I'm a big basketball fan, but when it comes to actual drama and playoff quality, the NHL it, it's is hockey. The playoffs. Yeah. It's not even close. It's just real. I don't even watch hockey yeah. during the regular season, but when the playoffs come on. For whatever reason, I always find myself in front of the TV. Guy, I'll games. be very frank with you. Outside of football, college, and pro, I could forget almost all regular season sports as long as my teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Playoff sports and anything, give me glory, give me championships. That's the good stuff. That's why this is the best time of year. And, and genuinely, as a Pistons fan, uh, I hope the Lakers are back there because it's better for the league to have the Lakers there. Uh, and as a Pistons fan, there's no one I want to beat in the finals more should we get back there. <laughs> and <it's a> <laughs> totally. I mean, I hated and loved Isaiah Thomas my whole entire life. But, man, he wanted to cut your nuts off to win. Same with Magic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those are the – Kobe, listen. Yep. I went from someone who hated Kobe to really admiring him because what I grew to recognize was he would pl- he could play in any era. Right? Yes, because back in the day when the shit that would never be called a foul that is you know, you know today you know whistled to two seconds, Kobe could have survived in that era and thrived. Those are the guys I appreciate, and they're few and far between. And you know, you guys listen. You're a great franchise. I am always of the view that like you're gonna fit. It's it's to the league's benefit, and they have every incentive in the world for the Lakers to figure it out. I think you're gonna get every advantage in the world to try to do that. But there's no question, some real soul searching has got to go on. Can't and agree, I wish you luck. More. Not too much luck because I'm <laughs> jealous as shit. But <laughs> no, we'll see you in the finals eventually. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, and then we'll kick your ass again. This Almost fucking likely. guy. Almost likely. <laughs> You know, hey, Kobe doesn't hit that shot, man. Oh, oh, you know. But now, listen. You want to need some um, extra stand in the background? We got you. I'm sorry. What was that? What was that? I said, I said, let us know when you want to cast for the new the new Deadpool, and you need some extra stand in the background. I did. They won't even let me onto the set or invite me to the premiere. So you're talking to the wrong guy. But I'll take the credit all day because this is the truth. It is what it is. All right, Jeff. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'd love to have you back on. It, it was it was too much fun. Yeah, anytime, guys. My pleasure. Enjoy the rest of the game. All right, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, All Jeff. Right. Bye, guys. Oh my fucking god, that was amazing. That guy is cool as shit.